In the name of the one who loves the beloved and love itself. Amen. Please be seated. Hello. I'm the very Reverend Matthew Woodward. I am uh, the Dean of Trinity Cathedral in Sacramento. Um, gave my full title there because, of course, Episcopalians love fancy titles and dressing up. Um, don't know if you're aware, but we're one of the denominations that believes in salvation by haberdashery. Um, and it's my delight to come and preach for you. Uh, I know your dean, who is a wonderful dean and came to the dean's conference at Sacramento a couple of years ago, and we got to know each other, and I'm delighted to be visiting um, Portland today and to be invited to come and preach for you. I did one of those very Portland things yesterday, I am told. Um, I went out for lunch with a friend um, and then wound up going and hiking the full height of Multoma? <laughs> Close? Someone help me. Okay, I still didn't quite hear, but that. The falls wearing like canvas top shoes and a cardigan in the rain um, because that wasn't the original plan, but it was wonderful. Um, I also have been uh, walking around last night in Portland and realizing it's quite dark. Uh, we're 400 miles north of where I'm used to being. Um, but it's lovely seeing in the windows of so many people's apartments and houses Christmas trees still up with lights shining. Because at this time of year, we light lights against the darkness, don't we? Um, I remember growing up and being scared of the dark. Um, and in my infant school in England, uh, the teacher reading to us from a series of books about an owl called Plop. There was one story that really came to mind, um, and it, it was entitled Plop the Owl Who Was Afraid of the Dark, um, which is no good for an owl being a nocturnal animal. <laughs> so throughout the book, um, the owl, Plop, who couldn't fly either, was learning to both fly and to not be afraid of the dark. At one point he tried to fly out of the nest and he just collapsed on the floor and span around and his mom said he looked like a Catherine wheel spinning around on the ground. Then a little later, because it was an English series of books in November, it was firework night. And he looked out from the nest and realized that the night could be full of beauty as you saw all of the lights lighting up. And at one point he saw a Catherine wheel fireworks spinning and shouted with joy, oh, it's a me. <laughs> he was learning that the dark and nighttime could be a place where the light could be seen more clearly. Jesus was born into the world in a period of time when it was very dark. Israel was occupied. There was a foreign power. There was immense polarization in the culture. Samaritans hated Jews, Jews hated Samaritans. Uh, you weren't sure who to trust. It was a very dark time. And we characterize the incarnation as a time in which light entered into the world. And the question whether the, is whether the light was going to be enough to tackle the immense darkness of that moment. Now it's interesting because I'm a rector and now a dean, um, I've often taken the Sunday after Christmas off, so I've never preached on this text in church before. 
Um, I'm actually quite uh, excited about it. Um, that poem from the beginning of John's Gospel is extraordinary. The Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And in the middle it tells us that the light, Jesus, the Word made flesh, the light dwelt among us and the darkness could not overcome it. The light shone in the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. That shapes for me this idea of like a battle between light and dark. The dark has power, the light has power, they're going to fight each other, and the light's going to win. It's very Star Wars. Um, very much the opposition of one force and another. Um, and it makes me think that the way in which we should enter into activity in our culture is to take up arms on behalf of the light, to fight against the darkness. Except I'm not sure that that's really what the text is telling me and I'm not sure that's really what I should do. You see, we live in a time of great darkness as well. Just flip on my television and watch and see attacks in Gaza from Israel, terrorist attacks that had occurred to begin that conflict, recent bombing raid again from Russia in the Ukraine, and not only that, but the way in which people choose to speak about that within our own political discourse, which is really about exacerbating polarization. Forces arguing against one another, and perhaps providing more heat than light. Not really transforming the world for light. Taking up opposition against others might just perpetuate the darkness. So I've been wondering about that verse, the light shined in the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. And then I remembered that in the King James Version of the translation of that text, it doesn't say that. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Which is fascinating. So I look back at the Greek text, the word is katalaban. The word katalaban has a variety of possible meanings. And perhaps the word comprehend in Elizabethan English had a variety of possible meanings. Katalaban means beat or overcome, but also apprehend or understand. Comprehend, make sense of. So as I listen to that text with a multivalent reading of that word, what I'm hearing is the light shined in the darkness and the darkness just didn't get it. The darkness didn't understand what was going on with the light. Which is interesting to me. Because sometimes when I try and live out my faith, people just don't understand what's going on. They don't get it. Doesn't make sense. Can I be really honest? Sometimes when I'm trying to live out my faith, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm trying to live into. When I hear the words from Galatian and it says, you are no longer slaves but children of God, that's a remarkable and amazing promise that I am not sure how to fully process. I'm a child of the loving God. How does that make sense? Next week, 
We will be celebrating the baptism of Christ and you will be looking at the baptismal covenant here. In that baptismal covenant you are told to remember to gather together and worship together. To remember to uh, follow the apostles' teaching. To remember to respect the dignity of every human being. Those are the things that we are being told to do as a way of manifesting our faith and living into our childrenhood of God. And sometimes it doesn't seem like enough, and I'm not sure it entirely makes sense, but we're invited to do it, and we should do it. As we move into this coming year, I think you're going to see more polarization, not less, I'm sorry. More moments of darkness, not less. You might feel discouraged. You might feel that the light that shines in the darkness is not able to beat the darkness. But be the light anyway. Live into the faith anyway. Be a child of God anyway. Seek to reflect the light of God in your life anyway. Jesus didn't come with an army in the ancient Near East to beat back the forces of darkness. He came as an infant, as a child of God, as a sign of hope, as an example of light. God chose all kinds of fragile things to enter into the world and to be in the world. So be one of those fragile things as well. Recognize, as you renew your baptismal covenant next week, as you think about the light of Christ coming into the world at Epiphany, as you think about this text today, the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us, the light shining in the darkness, and the darkness just not getting what was going on, as you think about all of these things, be a child of God and reflect God's light in the world. And sometimes you're going to fail. And you're going to occupy the polarization of darkness as the year unfolds. If you can, notice it. Recognize you did that. Come to God with that realization. Forgive yourself. Reread the baptismal covenant. Become a child of God again, because he's constantly going to offer that to you. And once again, try and shine with the light of Christ in the world. Amen.